Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello and welcome to The Paddock and the Pavilion with Stephen Wallace. In each show, Stephen will interview someone connected to the world of horse racing or cricket. Welcome to part two of the Paddock and the Pavilions look back at the 2023 Fairbreak Invitational event in Hong Kong with my co-host German international Tina Goff. In this episode, you'll be hearing our featured guests off the field highlights together with their cricketing plans for 2023. Women's cricket is now a global game. Karen Motika is back to tell an inspiring story, while Sean Martin, the founder of Fairbreak, concludes our two-part series with his views of the second Fairbreak Invitational Tournament and looks ahead to Dallas in September. Keep listening to find out all the latest Fairbreak news. What about off the field? I mentioned Disney earlier, but was it some, was it Disney or was it something else? Yeah, Disneyland. Um, that was definitely one of the off-pitch highlights. Apparently, the last time I went to Disneyland, which was in Paris when I was, I think, about three years old, I was terrified of Mickey Mouse. So I promised my parents that if I went back to Disneyland this time, that I would make peace with Mickey Mouse. So I can confirm 25 years later that Mickey and I are friends again. So yeah, that was a great day out and also a great time to bond with other members of other of the other teams. Uh, it was quite, I think, a, a, a sight to see to have about 100 cricketers descending onto Disneyland. Uh, I think the other visitors must have been wondering what was going on. But otherwise, yeah, we had a lot of uh, times where we could go out and explore Hong Kong, which was amazing just to see the city. Uh, we went kayaking, which was also incredible. Um, so there were so many highlights, both on and off the pitch. And it's, I'm so thankful to be given this opportunity to be a part of something like that. Let's hear the off-field highlights at the Fairbreak Invitational Tournament from Roberta Moretti-Avery, Catherine Bryce, Shizuka Miyagi and Karen Motika. In addition, Karen, the author of Fairbreak the Book, updates us on how the book was received in Hong Kong. Karen also provided us with an inspiring story about Bangladesh and Falcons bowler Jahanara Alam. Oh, there's so many. The, well, the first thing is definitely the connection with all the other players. Uh, to see everyone again, 
to talk to everyone again. Because the first prayer break we spoke, we were getting to know people and getting to understand their history, their past, and everything that they did to get into that position. In the second year, it was about getting to know them much more um, and understanding how fair break affected their lives in the uh, in their uh, in their homes, how their countries changed because of fair break. So it becomes this deep connection. Uh, so off the field, definitely my highlight is being able to be with everyone and um, share that experience with them. I think there not, nothing nothing matches what fair break can give you. Off the field. Um... I really enjoyed, we went away, um, me, Phoebe and Jess went on a hike um, up the Dragon's Back hike, which was great. Um, it wasn't far out, but it's up into the mountains and just away from the city. And then you finish off coming down, um, having a bit of a swim in the sea at the end. So that was definitely one of the highlights. But being so close to to be able to go out and get food um, every night was was just fantastic. So close by. I met Alex Blackwell. Uh, she is uh, my legend. She came to Japan to coach us uh, 2013, I think. And uh, I played uh, with her in Sydney for one season. And I, I spent uh, time with her maybe uh, three months. I lived with her three months in her house and in Sydney. So uh, I learned a lot uh, from her and uh, I wanted to be like her so uh i really really uh excited to meet her in hong kong again my highlight off the field um was the cocktail event at ozone um which is the highest bar in the world um 425 meters above sea level 118 floors up so your ears pop in the lift And Rodney Miles, who's the former chair of Cricket Hong Kong, hosted the event in memory of his late wife, Anita Miles, who was a bit of a mother figure for everybody in Cricket Hong Kong. Um, And it was like it was a beautiful evening. Everyone was dressed up. The bar is very glitzy. It's part of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel. Um, There's lots of international banks have their Hong Kong offices in the building and the views are insane. The food was Asian tapas. I spent a lot of time out on the balcony, which is open to the sky above. And that far up, you really get to see the weather change around the building. And suddenly the views will disappear as the building gets enveloped in cloud. And so, you know, one minute the view is there and the next minute it's gone, like somebody just turned the the lights off um, down below. Um, and every night at eight o'clock on the Hong Kong waterfront, there's a light show and lots of the skyscrapers put on what I call their disco lights. <laughs> so you can see all of this from 425 meters above. So, yeah, it was it was great. And I got to spend lots of time with everybody at, in this bar. And, you know, it's just lovely. How was Fair Break the book received in Hong Kong? Um, very well. So everywhere I went for the six days I was there, Sean introduced me to everybody as the writer of the Fair Break book. So that was that was a bit surreal. Um, um, I got a lot of hugs and thank yous from everyone who was interviewed in the book um, and, you know, lots of players and coaches who have been mentioned. Um, 
I'd arranged for 200 copies to be printed for sale in the merchandise tent during the, the tournament. And most of them sold to spectators, family and friends of players, and quite a few fair breakers who feature in the book but who hadn't been able to get hold of a copy. So um, I signed quite a few for various fair breakers during the week. Um, and, you know, spectators would come down at, um, you know, in between games during the day. And I'd go over to the merchandise tent and sort of sign them um, if people wanted. Um, it was also on sale at the pro shop in Kowloon at the Kowloon Cricket Club. I'm actually collecting signatures of all the fair breakers who are mentioned in the book. So I got my, I've got lots and lots of signatures now. So, um, and then I've just arranged for more books to be sent to the USA ready for the next tournament and for an event in London, uh, in London that Sean's going to next month. So yeah, it's, you know, it's getting out there slowly, <laughs> slowly and surely. The uh, word is, is spreading. Is he still going to twist your arm to do book two? Yes. Well, he wants a book written about um, the USA. So, and the, you know, the lead up to the USA and what will happen in the USA, which, you know, where that's, um, you know, wait, we'll, you know, waiting for that to unfold. Sean is now sort of referring to me as the official fair break historian. So he's very, very keen to have, you know, what happens to Fairbreak written down, you know, and documented. So that's what I'm doing. But talking of backstories, just to sort of throw in a little little piece here, it was lovely to meet um, Jahanara Alam, who's the, you know, the player from Bangladesh, Bangladesh who wears the yeah. face paint and oh, has yeah. the beautiful eye makeup. Can't miss her on the field. So, she's fantastic. Yeah. She's fabulous. She plays for the Falcons. And so what I was amazed to find out when I was talking to her is that throughout the Fairbreak Invitational in Hong Kong, she was fasting for Ramadan. So from sunrise to sunset, she was not eating or even sipping water. And she was, she could have been, you know, she was out on the field. If she was playing, she could be out on the field for four hours. And it was hot in Hong Kong. So, you know, she's an incredibly strong, physically strong and mentally strong young lady um, that she can, you know, that she can get through that sort of, um, you know, that kind of sporting, intense physical day um and not and not eat or drink so i was yeah i was sort of just quite inspired by by her yeah there was lots on the social media channels of Fairbreak, uh, letting us know what everyone was up to there must have been sort of breaks from the cricket because when you're playing nearly every day it is it, you do need a bit of a release don't you yeah exactly and also being in a hotel environment you need to make sure you have time for yourself as well because it is quite an intense environment with a lot of different people and socializing and playing and training um so it was great to have some downtime and just maybe go away in smaller groups um see the sites um speak to friends and family and yeah i think fairbreak does a really good job there of looking after people as well because 
it might be that the professionals and the top players are kind of used to this life. Uh, but for, maybe for some of the associate players, being away from home, sometimes the other side of the world for almost three weeks can be a bit daunting. So it was great to have that support network there, also from the coaches and the assistants and the physios. And um, we were really looked after so that we could enjoy our time on the pitch and also off the pitch. I guess players are mixing with players from other teams as well, so everyone gets on. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you always um, gravitate a bit towards maybe players from your other from your own country. So there's a few from England, a few from Australia. But of, of course, I was the only German player. So you do kind of mix with other people. And that's the beauty of it as well. One day you could be having uh, dinner with players from countries in Asia. The next you have um, dinner with players from South America and just bonding with these people and everyone just having this shared love of cricket um, is a really special experience. That leads on to my next question, really. Uh, learning, what do you learn at Fairbreak? I mean, it's so many different things, not just cricket, I guess. Yeah, not just cricket. Almost cricket is just a, a sideline to what you learn. And um, I think we were, so the Falcons were the one team where at one point in one of the games, we had 11 players on the pitch from 11 different countries, uh, which was not something we realised at the time, but it was actually announced at the ground. And that kind of just speaks volumes for what fair break is all about. And um, sometimes it's difficult to communicate with all the different languages going on, but you all kind of uh, make it work and just learning from different people what their stories are, both in terms of how they learn cricket, how they struggle in associate nations maybe and just who they are as people and where they come from so there's so many things you learn off the pitch and then that's beside all the things you learn on the pitch the how the professionals go about their game the mentality the training all these things it's such a overwhelming experience but in such a positive way because there's so much to take in um, and so much to learn and to take back to the to your respective countries and I think that again is what fair break is all about that's an amazing statistic that 11 nationalities in one team. Yeah, I mean, you could literally not get more nationalities in one team. And I think <laughs> um, it shows how good or how bonded we are as the Cayman Falcons as well, that we kind of just see ourselves as the Falcons. We're not 11 players or 14 players from 11 different countries. We're just a bunch of cricketers, a bunch of friends playing cricket together. And the fact that we have these different cultures, these different languages is just an absolute added bonus. You said, Tina, you're the only German uh, woman player at Fairbreak. Uh, do you think you're a role model then for women's cricket in Germany? I think maybe that's the question for other people in Germany to answer, but I'd I, I like to think so. All I can do is kind of learn as much as I can at Fairbreak kind of on behalf of Germany and then go back to Germany and spread the word and just to let other players know what I've learned in terms of skills, cricket, but also in terms of how you prepare for a game, the mentality, looking after yourself, looking after yourself. Um, so in that respect, I think I can kind of deliver the message back to Germany and try and push the fair break message back home. So what's on the agenda now for you and you and women's cricket in Germany in 2023? So we've got a, a busy calendar, a, a busy summer. So in just over two weeks, actually, we're travelling to Jersey in the Channel Islands to play 
the Division Two European qualifier um, for the World Cup, where we'll be playing against five other countries from Europe for a place in the Division One qualifier in Europe, which would then be hopefully if we get through against Scotland and the Netherlands. Um, so potentially two ICC tournaments happening this year. Uh, so preparations have obviously been in full flow for that. Um, hopefully the weather will improve a bit by the end of May. So we're really looking forward to that. I'll be reunited with Gunjan from the Falcons, who will be playing for Sweden. So we'll go from the best of teammates to the fiercest of rivals, but for one week only. So it's also a great sign for cricket in Europe that we now have six teams competing in the Division Two qualifiers. I always try and remember them all. So we have Germany, France, Italy, Turkey, Jersey and Sweden. So it's six teams uh, that just shows the growth of cricket in Europe, because a few years ago, the last time we were in the qualifiers, it was just us, Scotland and the Netherlands. Um, so to have more teams coming through is a really, really positive sign. And fingers crossed from a German perspective, we can get through those Division Two qualifiers. It's the top two out of the six that go through. Uh, to then face Scotland and the Netherlands, which will be at the start of September in Spain, which will, of course, be the next step up. Hopefully we can make that step and show that we've really developed as a country in the last couple of years. With more countries, fair break must then be a great opportunity for players to develop further. Well, exactly. I think um, a few players from Africa have already been announced for the next tournament, in fair break tournament. And I'm really hoping that a few more Europeans can join as well, because there's so much talent now uh, within continental Europe. And fair break is the perfect opportunity uh, for players to showcase their talent and to just um, speed up their development because there's so much to learn, as we mentioned. Um, so fingers crossed, a few more players from Germany will will get the call from Sean, uh, because I think it would be only positive for the development of cricket in Europe. I also asked our other guests about their plans for 2023, and this is what they all had to say. What have you got ahead of, ahead of you for Scotland in 2023? Yeah, we've got a series um, against the Netherlands and Thailand um, in July. Pretty sure it's July. Um <laughs> Who knows? Just take it week by week, really. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we've got the European qualifiers in September, um, which are in Spain, I think. Um, so that's kind of the big the big tournament of the year um, leading up for the next kind of World Cup stage. And you've got plenty of domestic cricket and hopefully the 100 as well. Yeah, lots of domestic cricket. Be a busy summer of cricket. We've got double the number of 50 over games um, and then got the Charlotte Edwards Cup in the middle. And also, yeah, I'll be up up in Manchester for the 100. So that'll be an exciting new new challenge for me as well. And what are your plans for Brazil in 2023? Yeah, we have a busy schedule. Uh, we're going to have uh, Julia Price here with us for 20 days in June. Uh, we're also going to host a tour uh, versus Argentina in Brazil as well. They're going to come and play against us, a five-game ser five series. Uh, we have the ICC World Cup qualifiers, and uh, that's going to happen in September. Uh, the, cup, uh, the two weeks before fair break, USA is launched. Um, and also we have, for the first time, our uh, women's uh, bash happening, uh, high-performance bash because we have women's tournament, but now it's only a high-performance one, which is going to be 
played in July and October. So yeah, full schedule until end of the year. Do you feel like a role model for Brazilian cricket when you're at Fairbreak? Ah, absolutely. Um, I know that our players, our development players, our participants that are just starting are looking at it. Uh, you can see Laura Cardoso. Laura Cardoso is a girl that started in a project, in a school project, uh, when she was 11, 12. She joined the club, local league, uh, national league, selected for the ladies team, selected for fair break in the first year, did not do that well, and was the improvement that she was. So every girl that is starting right now is looking at myself and mainly looking at Laura and saying, you know what, I can be the next Laura. So that exposure, uh, the, the exhibition that we are able to give of Cricket Brazil on the world happens for every single girl who's over there right now. So absolutely, I, I guess everyone that is playing on fair break, mainly from uh, members that are still developing cricket, are become re- big role models back home. And Laura did so well as well. She did. I'm, I believe she's one of the most improved players from fair break one just to the second one. Uh, she was. She didn't bowl last year much. She just bowled one over. Uh, now she came and she was extremely economical. She was so good with the ball. She showed what she's able to do in the field. I think she she has a lot of potential and I can't wait to see her uh, playing for Brazil in the same way that she played for Barbie Army. I think it's going to be very exciting. And are you hoping to go to fair break in the United States? Yeah, we hope to. We hope to have more representatives of Brazil and Americas. Uh, I think it's going to be a very good opportunity for all of us. What cricket have you got planned for 2023? I know you've retired from international cricket. Yeah, so uh, I will not play for Japan anymore because uh, uh, Japan teams uh, have a really limited opportunity to play uh, international cricket. So uh, I want to give a chance to younger players to play international cricket. So uh, I decided to retire from international one. But I'm thinking about uh, I still keep playing uh, to uh, inspire the younger girls in Japan. So uh, we regret uh, if I can have a chance to uh, play with another younger Japanese players in February uh, next September in USA. That will be great for me. So you're hoping to go to Fairbreak um, in the in in the United States? Yes, I hope so. Yeah. Oh well, that'll be fantastic, won't it? Yeah, yeah, always very fantastic, and uh, yeah, I experienced a really really good time uh, in Hong Kong and in Dubai. So last two tournaments, so uh, we'll be great. Uh, we'll with play play with. Uh, Japanese girls uh, because uh, someone can speak English, uh, the others are not. So uh, we'll need uh, my help uh, to translate. So uh, we'll be great to play with uh, young girls in Japan in fair work tournament. But will you be playing, still be playing club cricket in Japan? Yes, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I'm thinking about it. So uh, just started uh, cricket season in Japan, so uh, I can play a uh, club cricket and uh, always uh, play with men. So uh, keep my skills, uh, uh, keep keep my myself fit and uh, test uh, my skills to men. So uh, yeah, keep playing. Uh, we'll be great to be back to fair work in USA. And do you think you're a role model 
for Japanese women cricket. Is that how you see yourself now as well? Yeah, I hope so. Well, a lot of young girls, girls are coming through to the national team side. Um, I think our youngest player is now uh, 12 years old and half of them are under 18 or under 16. So uh, if I can play with them, uh, yeah, really great. So uh, I also think about her to be a coach for the girls. So uh, I want to start to study coaching as well. Our final guest is the founder of Fairbreak, Sean Martin. Did did you get to speak to him when when you were at Fairbreak? Yeah, I had a, a brief chat with him. Um, he's always there watching every single ball of every single game. Um, and yeah, we have so much. All of us as players have so much uh, to be grateful for. Um, the work he has put in has been astounding. So I think he's probably just relieved once the games get going that every bit of hard work that he's put in up until that moment has paid off I hope despite all the organizational um stresses that he was able to enjoy the games and um yeah he's an inspiration in terms of women's cricket and what he's done for the development of the game in this clip he talks about the success of fair break 2023 and he looks ahead to fair break in the United States in September what are your thoughts, Sean, on Fairbreak Invitational 23? Well, I thought uh, a Hong Kong event from a um, playing perspective and from a broadcasting perspective was was a step up from Dubai. Um, it was uh, it had its own challenges with um, uh, Hong Kong and um, uh, just uh, you know adjusting to. Uh, that particular city, but the quality of the cricket, I think, was um, uh, a step up from what we saw in Dubai. And there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, mainly that we kept uh, a lot of the teams uh, together. We didn't change too many players out because we wanted to give each of the entities, each team entity, a bit of a chance to to, to develop their own individual style or culture, for want of a better word. Um, so the players that were coming back, no matter where they came from, came back sort of fitter, um, all skilled, and really knowing what to expect. Um, where in Dubai, there may have been a little bit of intimidation in terms of, uh, you know, where certain players were from. Well, they came back to this tournament you know, in the knowledge that they could compete at that level. And and I think that was reflected in particularly the bowling of the uh, the, the players from, um, you know, not the test-playing nations. It must make the associate players far more relaxed coming back second year playing with these world stars. Yeah, it certainly does. And, and many of them now you know, recognise the fact that they are as good, and in some cases, if not better. I'm actually trying to stop using the word associate, Stephen, because I, I think it's uh, even immediate. I know it's the way that countries are designated. I understand that. But it almost sets up a bit of a mindset in everyone that there's a, uh, you know, a perception that the player is less skillful or less able uh, perhaps, and I'm trying to get away from that as much as possible because we're not finding that that's the case. 
No, it's a good, that's a good point. And they're, they're international cricketers. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, when I'm asked the question now, I just say we've got players from 37 countries. Um, and I think that's uh, the way we, we sort of like to, to look at it. Moving on, what about the plans for the American tournament later in the year? Yep. Well, as uh, plans are you know, well underway, we'll be playing in uh, Dallas in uh, Texas from the 15th of September to the 30th of September. Uh, so we've uh, just reached agreement uh, with the stadium there and I'll be heading to uh, Dallas uh, from London on the 27th of uh, May uh, to with some of our team to do the full recce on that uh, whole new stadium and start uh, putting all our plans in place. We've had fantastic conversations and support from the Dallas Sports Commission. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we're, we're very much on track for that for that event. Will it be the same six teams again? It'll be the same six teams. It'll be the same six um, entities. There'll probably be 30-plus new players that come in across those six entities. Uh, some players are unavailable because of international commitment, but it's also um, always our intention to... Uh, maintain uh, some players within each uh, entity and then bring new players in. So we're spreading that opportunity. The other thing that we're doing there, Stephen, too, is that unlike other models, we're not changing players from from team to team. So if if you're if you've played for the Falcons, for example, well then you're always a Falcon. And in talking to the players, they they love that notion. So with two tournaments a year, there will be some players, for example, that are unavailable because of their international commitments. Um, so they might miss um, an opportunity, but then when they come back and they're available again and we've got space for them, they'll come back into that team that they originally played for. Well, I personally like that idea. I find with some of the men's events that you get lost. All these players are playing for so many different franchises. Yeah, and look... We talk to the players about this like we always do, and they absolutely love it because they've they've developed some identities and some friendships and some connections right across players from all around the world, and they don't want to lose that. Um, and, and they understand that with two tournaments a year, yes, they may not always be available because obviously playing for their country is the number one priority for them. Um, but we feel that we, we I suppose... Um, so I suppose there's a level of respect, I suppose, both ways, for, for, from the players to us and from us to the players. And, um, you know, in, in, in years to come, you might have a, a spirit reunion. And, and look, some of the players also have said to us, well, as we move into the later stages of our careers or we move into other roles, you know, perhaps we can come back and manage the team we were playing in or we can, you know, we can develop a coaching career through, you know, the team that we've always been associated with. And we all like that idea. And I think what's coming through in all the, all my interviews is what a big family the Fairbreak organisation is, and that really supports what, you, supports what you're just saying. Well, I think, I think that's true. I think that's how the players uh, view it. Um, I think we've now got, uh, we've got a great production team. We've got a great, you know, 
behind the scenes team. Our our media team is exceptional. So I think everyone's very invested in you know the work we do, which is as much social impact as it is cricket. Uh, and I think that's the a significant piece for for everyone that's that's contributing to this. Um, and yeah, it, it's 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 lovely to see. You know, I, I, the, the support the, you've seen, Stephen. The cricket's very high quality. They're not taking any prisoners out there. But there's a uh, a notion of respect, I think, around the players and um, what they're doing for the game of cricket globally. And in conclusion, you must be so excited about taking Fairbreak to the United States. Uh, yeah, look, it's um, it's always been uh, the thing that I I hoped we would do. I think the opportunity there for women's cricket is uh, enormous. I think it'll do uh, what women's soccer has done in America uh, because it's not competing like the men are with baseball. It's not competing with anything. So I think the the scope uh, for women's cricket in America is is fantastic, and you know we're incredibly excited to be there. We've got two tournaments a year. I talk about it now as the, the Fairbreak World Series of women's cricket. Um, and, you know, I think that's that's how we're going to continue to build uh, upon what we've been doing. One thing, picking up on what Sean's just said, he was saying that um, the players in the, in the various um, teams will stay within their teams as well. Yeah, and I think that's a really exciting move. So um, having had two editions of the tournament now, we've developed these teams, these franchises, um, and this sense of identity. I know the Falcons in particular, because we have K-Man as our sponsors, and they've um, been, Kumar and Hassan have been unbelievably generous in their support for us. And I know that they're keen as well to keep the Falcons as a team. And uh, we were lucky that we had that similar team from last year to this year. And I think it made a massive difference. So I think it's a very good idea across the board to have a larger pool of players who represent one one team. Um, and then you kind of build up that brand ident- identity. So I think that's a, it's a fantastic move. And I'm really excited to see how these teams develop over the next few editions of the tournament. And you're hoping to be in the States during September? Fingers crossed. Um, I think there's still a lot of planning to go on for that. Um, I know players are being invited who maybe weren't available or didn't get the opportunity uh, in Hong Kong. Um, but I'm a falcon now till I die. So I'm hoping to to get the call. And it'll be very exciting to see Fairbreak go across to the States. Obviously, it's been touted as one of the next big uh, frontiers for cricket as a whole, uh, not just women's cricket. So It'll be a very exciting opportunity and I'm sure it will only uh, bring Fairbreak to the next level. So you'll get a chance to do the uh, Falcon Flutter again? Fingers crossed. I have a Falcon Flutter, I think, in my sleep nowadays. Um, but yeah, I think we need to trademark that very quickly before it gets stolen. <laughs> this podcast is about Fairbreak Invitational 2023. What are your final thoughts on the, on the tournament? I think um, after the ex- success of... Fairbreak 2022, where there was a bit of uncertainty about what this tournament is, where it will go. 
I think Fairbreak 2023 simply confirmed that this is a very exciting movement in women's cricket and one of the best things for the development of associate cricket. Um, so I'm, I'm very proud and honoured to be a part of it. I think it was an unbelievable tournament in terms of the quality, but also the learnings for the players off the pitch. And I'm just excited to see where Fairbreak goes in the future. Well, thank you for that. And thank you again for joining me on the uh, paddock and the pavilion. And hopefully we will be able to chat again when we can review the women's ashes, uh, probably in August. Thank you very much. I will look forward to it. Thank you for listening to the paddock and the pavilion. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at the pad and pad. Don't forget, if you like the show, please do leave us a rating and review. Sports Social Podcast Network.